Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Food bloggers, don't forget to check out the food blogging forum style community that we started over at forum.eatblogtalk.com. Finally, there's one place that we can all convene and talk and that isn't scattered all over Facebook. Here are the things that I am loving about it. It is free. It also allows for categorized discussions on all food blogging topics And there's a category for sharing successes, aka self-promotion. So no more holding back about discussing your big wins and things that you're promoting. Also, everything is in one single spot. So no hopping around from group to group. And there's an amazing opportunity to network and really get to know your fellow food bloggers in a single place. So come join the discussions that are going on over at forum.eatblogtalk.com. And I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. Don't forget forum.eatblogtalk.com. Okay, food bloggers, have you heard of Flowdesk, the new big email marketing rage? This is an amazing new option for managing your email subscriber list. It is super easy to use and it comes with gorgeous, intuitive drag and drop templates. And Flowdesk does not charge based on number of subscribers. So your monthly rate will stay the same from month to month. Everyone pays $38 a month or use my affiliate link to get 50% off and pay only $19 a month. You guys, this is a fraction of the price of other email service providers, and you'll be blown away by the beautiful and intuitive templates waiting for you inside. Visit eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources to grab your link. Flowdesk, the stunning new option for email marketing. Hello, food bloggers. Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast made for you, food bloggers seeking value for your businesses and your lives. Today, I will be talking to Kate Erickson from Entrepreneurs on Fire, and we will be talking about how to create efficient systems for your business. Kate Erickson is the engine at Entrepreneurs on Fire, an award-winning podcast where John Lee Dumas interviews inspiring entrepreneurs who truly are on fire. She is also the host of the podcast, Kate's Take, and co-author of the podcast journal, Idea to Launch in 50 Days. Learn more about the free training Kate and John have created for entrepreneurs who are ready to achieve financial and lifestyle freedom over at eofire.com. Kate, I am super excited for this chat today, but before we dive into it, give us a fun fact about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Megan, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited for our chat and to dive into systems and all that fun, like geeky stuff. I love it. (laughs) Yes. Um, So a fun fact about me is when I was growing up in elementary school, I used to play the trumpet and I actually had the opportunity to play at Symphony Hall in San Diego when I was in the fifth grade, which was so cool. Oh, that's so cool. And something not a lot of fifth graders can say for sure. Do you still play the trumpet? I don't, but I've thought so many times, like, should I? 
pick this back up? I mean, I oh love my gosh, music. You and I'm sure you could pick right back up where you left off. <laughs> I think so too. I don't know how my neighbors would feel about it. But. Oh, <laughs> good point. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. And I am just excited to talk about systems. I told you before we started this interview that I am obsessed with productivity and just getting as much out of what we can do and accomplish as we can. So first I have to say that a year ago when I was binge listening my way through all of the incredible podcast episodes on Entrepreneurs on Fire, I never thought I would be interviewing you, Kate, on my very own podcast. So this is extra exciting. If it weren't for you and John, I can honestly say that I would not be here today, 50 plus episodes into Eat Blog Talk and having this chat with you. So thank you for inspiring me and encouraging me and also just for taking the time to be here today. That's so exciting. Congratulations. So the reason you're here though is to talk about systems because this is an area of expertise for you. In the world of food blogging, just to kind of enlighten you a little bit, we have many movies parts and it can be really easy to get overwhelmed by all of it and to allow all the things to pile in a heap on top of us if we aren't creating effective systems for ourselves. So you are speaking to people today who need good systems. So Kate, tell us your secrets. How can food bloggers create systems that will create more efficient businesses? Oh my goodness. This is a topic I'm so in love with. I'm so glad that you're obsessed with productivity and effectiveness too, because I just love talking about it. It's been such a game changer in my life, like not only for my business, but I find myself creating systems and processes for myself, even in my everyday life. <laughs> and, and it really does seem to like bleed into each other, right? I mean, when we're entrepreneurs, bloggers, podcasters, that so much of that is ingrained in our everyday lives, which of course then it blends into like our daily routines and how it is that we start our mornings. And that's one of the biggest things for me, like before we dive into what even creating a system looks like or the steps that you can take to get there. One of the biggest game changers for me was the simplest thing. And it was planning my day the night before. And when I started doing this, when I started taking just five minutes at the end of my day before I shut my computer down, before I wrap up whatever project I'm working on, I just take five minutes and I write out four things that I want to accomplish the next day. Doesn't have to be four, but I think four is probably like, I mean, for me, that's the most that I want to put on my plate just because you know, I know how I work. I know how long it takes me to do something. I know how much like productive space I have in my mind. So I always start with four things. Sometimes it's two if like one of them's, you know, a really big project or something. But I find that by planning ahead the night before, I'm really able to set myself up for success the next day because the worst thing you can do is start your day by sitting down at your desk or, you know, like diving into work and being like, Okay, what am I going to work on today? So true. Like you said, it applies to both business and personal. And I love that you said that it bleeds into each other because that has been so true for me. When I started really diving into systems, I think I 
I think I started on the personal side and just like started with one little thing of like implementing a system in my life. And it did start bleeding over into my business. And I too do the day before thing. I will sit down every single night and make sure I have a grasp on what is going on the next day. I like your four things rule. I don't do the four things, but that's a really great little tip. Okay. So what else do you have? Okay. So another thing that I really love is I I think that's such an excellent idea that you said that you kind of implemented this in your personal life first, because I think the biggest roadblock in between, you know, where we are right now and actually setting up systems is that we don't understand the immense value in setting up systems. Because if we don't have any of them set up right now, we don't know how impactful and what a game changer they can be. We have not yet experienced the result. And it's when you experience the result of what a system can do for you that you're like, all right, I'm in. Like, I will put in the work because I know what the result is going to feel like. So, even if it's implementing something in your personal life, and like a big one for me is I'm very grateful that, like, I'm very into fitness and working out. Like, working out hasn't ever really been like a super huge challenge for me. However, I kind of found that I got into a space of like, I would wake up in the morning and I'm really big on working out in the morning. First thing when I wake up, Same. yes, yes, because otherwise, you know, you battle back and forth with yourself. I am with you on that. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's one thing where I'm just like, okay, if I can take the decision making out of the equation, like, I, I don't know if you've heard of the term or like ever read books or whatever. I mean, there's a ton of information out there on decision fatigue. And when we get to a certain point in the day where we've had to make too many decisions, like our brain just shuts down. We literally do only have a certain amount of bandwidth to make decisions. So if there's anything in your personal life or in your business life that you can take the decision making factor out of is going to clear up your mental bandwidth for something else. So I did that with working out. Like that is the first thing I do when I wake up. I don't think about it. I don't ask myself whether or not I feel like it. I don't like, I mean, unless I'm injured or, you know, there's really like something where I should not work out right then. I don't even, it's not a decision. I just know that I'm going to do it. I've heard, um, people do this with their outfits too. Like, I don't, I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was like Steve jobs or something, but he literally has like 20 white t-shirts and 10 pairs of jeans in his closet. He's <laughs> not going to wake up and like spend his mental bandwidth on what he's going to wear that day. Like he's just taken the decision making out of it. I love the term you use, decision fatigue. I have not heard that, but that is so true. And I made the decision a couple of years ago just to get the working out out of my way in the very early morning, just like right away like you do too. And it has like changed my life because I was finding that I was doing this like personal debating with myself throughout the day that it was like, okay, 11 a.m. And I was like, oh, I really need to work out, but I, I really don't want. And it was like, once I took that away, then I had so much space for other things, personal and business. So we have a lot of commonalities in that way. So that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I find that you can do this with projects too. Like, have you heard that saying by Brian Tracy, eat that frog? Like, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So get like the beastliest, like most disgusting task out of your way first thing in the morning, because that's when you have the most mental bandwidth to 
um, be focused, to be disciplined, to be most productive. And so there's a reason why you, you know, the night before can say, okay, here's the four things I want to do tomorrow. Okay. What of those four things is probably going to be the toughest for me to get into either because I've been pushing it to the back burner for months now, or it just doesn't really seem that fun or like, it's something that I know I don't know how to do yet. So I'm going to have to do all this research around it. Like these are all reasons why we might push something to the back burner and say like, Oh, I'll just take care of that tomorrow. But if you can go into your day being like, okay, I know that I'm starting tomorrow with a task that I'm not super excited with, but I'm not going to give myself the decision of whether or not I feel like doing it. Like I'm going to sit down, I'm going to do it. And there is so much power in that. There's so much like proudness and a sense of achievement when you can prove to yourself that even though you might not have wanted to dive into that and do all the research and all the things like this happens to me at tax time all the time. I don't want to do that, but like I have to, <laughs> you know, we have to pay taxes. So it's like just something that you do. So if you can start approaching like maybe some of the bigger projects in your business or, um, you know, those, those overarching, like, I don't even know where to start, just start, like, stop asking yourself. I don't, well, I don't know if I can start this because I don't really know what my first step is. Just start figuring it out. Like I promise you, if you dive into it, like you will reveal the next step. I do this too with my weeks. I don't know if you do this, but I do it with my days. Like the worst thing, or not the worst, but like the least anticipated thing that I want to do, get it done early in the morning. But I also do that Monday through Friday. So I like load up on the ickiest projects Monday, Tuesday. So then by Thursday and Friday, I'm so much less stressed and I have so much more room to breathe and I can actually look forward to my weekend. And this has been a game changer for me too. So not just doing it day to day, but week to week. I love that. I started doing something probably about five or six years ago that I refer to as theming my days. And so as a way to set myself up for like the highest amount of productivity, I batch like tasks. And so like, as an example, if I'm going into recording podcast episodes, like I have a time slot set up for myself and I theme my day as like a podcast recording day so that I know going into that day, like today's my day I'm hitting record. I'm turning on that microphone and I'm going to record four podcast episodes. And when you are able to theme your days like that, you take contact switching out of the equation, which is such a time waster because what we don't realize is when we have a day where we're like recording a podcast episode and then writing a blog post and then having a phone conversation with someone and then, you know, trying to create a system like that's four massively different areas of your brain that you're turning on and the context switching that happens between those activities, the time that you waste and the energy spent in trying to calibrate yourself to say like, okay, I just press stop. I'm not recording anymore. Like the podcast is done. Now let me try and get into a writing mode. The time wasted there is so massive. So I love what you're saying about kind of setting up your week that way, because in that regard, you could say, all right, I'm going to theme my days and I'm going to theme my days so that Mondays and Tuesdays are those days where like, I know I am going to have to put a little bit more effort and, you know, mental bandwidth into it. But I also know that Thursday and Friday are like kind of those days where, yeah, I'm still going at it and I'm still like getting great stuff done. But I know that, you know, I can kind of 
maybe not be spending such a high volume of like my energy and my bandwidth. And don't you find too, because I also do batching, I do like Mondays are like filming photography days for me. And I just like to stay in that, I call it the magic flow. And I don't want to interrupt that flow once it starts. There's no way you could stop me and make me write on those days because I'm in a unique flow with that. And then Tuesdays I dedicate typically to podcasts and interviews and like that sort of thing. And I wouldn't want anything to interrupt that flow. So I love the magic that comes from batching. And a lot of people find it hard to do because there's in food blogging, there are so many different things that we need to be doing on any given day. But I always stress that like you guys, you need to be batching or at least experimenting with it and seeing how it will affect your productivity. I love something you said earlier, like you don't know the magic or the power that can come from something like creating a system or batching until you do it because you haven't experienced it yet. But once you do it and experience it, it is game changing. So what are some other things that we can think of on the business side that will help out with systems? Do you have anything else for us? Okay, so I want to share just this is a very first step that I have in kind of like a four step process for setting up any system in your business. And I'll share this first step just as kind of like an entry point and we can get into all four steps or we can just kind of like sit with this first one because it can be so powerful for so many different things. So for example, it's a first step in setting up any system in your business, but it's also a really amazing exercise if, for example, you're looking to hire someone for your team or you're looking to just completely cut things off your to-do list. Like, have you ever had that moment where you think, gosh, I really don't want to be doing this. And then you're like, okay, wait, actually, let me remind myself of why I'm doing this. And then like, you get to the point where you're like, wait a second, I don't even need to be doing this. Like, what am I doing? Um, So, okay. So this exercise is going to be really powerful for all of that. So I call it taking inventory. And all it is, is letting a piece of paper follow you around for one week. And during the time that you are working, you're literally just going to document what it is that you're working on. So you could either do like, you know, one page for Monday, one page for Tuesday, one page for Wednesday and so on. Or you could do it all on one sheet of paper, like however you want to document this. You could even do it with an online note taking system if you prefer that. I do think there's power in writing it out because not only are you going to be showing yourself like you're not going to be able to hide from the fact that like these are the things that you are spending time on. And that can be really, really eye opening because I'm sure you've experienced this. I definitely have experienced this. You get to the end of the day and someone's like, oh, awesome. Like, what did you work on today or what did you accomplish? You're like, oh, wow. Like, I don't know. I was really busy today, but like, I can't really tell you what I did today. Uh, Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So taking inventory also, it just opens your eyes to what it is that you're spending time on. So going back to, you know, some of the things that we might be working on that are just like truly pointless in the grand scheme of what our goals are and where we're looking to go. Like we can cut things totally off our list. And it's also an amazing way to start realizing like, okay, what are the things, the most recurring things that we're doing, like maybe on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. And that is the start of setting up again, a really powerful system in your business, because once you can find what you're doing repeatedly, those are the lowest hanging fruit tasks, projects, or things that you can create systems for to help with efficiency and productivity and all that amazing stuff. 
So the systems really come from after taking inventory, looking at what things are recurring day to day and that you do weekly too. So I like that. So you're taking those low hanging fruit and you're starting to turn them into an actual process. So once we do that, like let's say I am writing posts seven days a week. Mm -hmm. What do I do with that? Okay. So once you pick out that one thing that you're like, okay, I do this all the time. I have absolutely no system for it. Like I just kind of start doing it whenever it comes up on my list. So the next step, step two is to write out the steps that you take when you do that thing. So if writing a blog post was the example of the thing that, you know, you do every single day, um, it would literally be taking a step back and saying, okay, what are the things that I do when I go to write a blog post. And some examples of that might be, I brainstorm the topic of the post and then I create an outline for it. And then, you know, I'm opening up a Google doc and doing some brainstorming. And then I might go to my WordPress site and maybe I have a template or maybe I don't have a template and I I pull up a post and then I, I transfer over my brainstorming into the post and then I start to format it by writing an intro. And then I start adding in links and resources or, you know, research might be a part of it. So it's just breaking down this thing that like we very easily and commonly can just say like, oh, yeah, I'm going to write a blog post today without even realizing that there might be 20 or 30 steps Mm. that go into doing that thing. Yeah, there are. And I think that we don't take the time to actually see that. We're like, writing a blog post equals one thing, but really it equals so much more than that. So then how do we kind of create a system based on the example of a blog post? We've got, let's say there are, I don't know, seven components within writing a blog post. How would you create a system out of that? Okay, so step three is determining efficiencies. And that would be either through delegating automating or batching. So we've already talked about the batching piece of it. And I like to think of these three categories as delegating being something that you can hire someone else to do for you. Automation being anything that you can use a software or a tool to help you with. And then the batching part being things that actually require you. So unless you have like ghostwriters or somebody else who helps you create your content, you actually writing would be a great example of something that you could batch. Like that's not something that you're going to delegate or automate to somebody else. Although I guess if you want to like go down a rabbit hole, of course, there's dictation and, and all that kind of stuff. So even within that, you could be using tools to help you be more efficient instead of writing it out. Maybe you're speaking it and then you're using a dictation to create a, you know, actual written piece out of what it is that you're saying. But essentially, you're going to take each of those seven steps and you're going to code each of them, if you will. Can you delegate it? Can you automate it? Or is it something that you have to batch? So that's the third step. Okay, so we determine efficiencies, what we can delegate, automate, and batch. What comes next? So next is creating the actual system, documenting it. So now you've chosen that one thing that you want to create a system for. You've written out the steps. You've determined your efficiencies. Now it's time to literally just write out every single time a checklist, if you will, of how you're going to perform that thing. And if it is just a checklist or if it is like a deeper systemized process to like perhaps a step that you're delegating, like you're going to create a video tutorial for that so that you can share that video tutorial with whoever you're delegating it to, 
or if there's an automation step, of course, there's going to be a process of you going in and setting up whatever that might be. Like maybe it's a Zapier integration or um, some other tool that you're using. So there's going to be some amount of setup once you have all of this written out and documenting it is simply going to help you so that the next time you go to do it, you don't have to even think about the steps. You don't even have to think about you know, what the order is or how a certain step is going to get done. You're going to have it all documented. And that's where the efficiency and effectiveness of your system gets to start working for you. This doesn't necessarily happen overnight. This can be a process, especially with tasks, I think, that have a lot more components inside of them. Don't you agree? Absolutely. And also, I don't want people to feel like they have to get it right like that very first time. And then that's it like this. A system is something that can always grow and evolve and change over time. So if you just write out the steps from memory and then you use that for the next time you do that thing and then you start to determine those efficiencies with delegating, automating and batching, Like this is something that you should and can be updating on an ongoing basis. Maybe you're introduced to a new tool that you didn't know about before, or, you know, maybe roles on your team change and you do bring somebody on who you find you can delegate a certain step of that to. So it definitely should be an ever evolving and constantly improving system. And what do you think about at what point to implement systems? I mean, just starting out, like say as food blogging, it would be really hard to do that as a new food blogger. But at what point in a person's business journey do you recommend putting systems in place? Honestly, the sooner the better. And it doesn't have to be a huge thing. I mean, it can even be like I have a system for my social media engagement. And I think that's something that probably everyone who's starting a business or a blog or whatever it might be, no matter where they're at right now, like social media is probably a part of what you're doing to grow your platform. And so like I even have a system of how I interact and engage on each platform to make sure that I'm, you know, engaging at the highest level without spending all day on a platform. So as an example, I run and manage five Facebook groups. I give myself five minutes in each of those Facebook groups. I have a system where I like every post that I've already commented on so that when I'm scrolling the feed, I know if a post already has a like on it, I've already commented on it. And I have all of my Facebook groups saved to a bookmark on my bookmarks bar. So I'm never just going into like my regular Facebook feed to be distracted by 75 million other things. I'm going straight into my groups. I literally have a timer. So when that timer goes off, like I know it's time to go to my next group and I get feedback and comments from people all the time that they can't believe how engaged and present I am in these groups. And I literally spend five minutes in them per day, but it's because of this system that I have set up that I'm able to do it so effectively. I love that. I mean, the nerdy productivity loving side of me is just like getting super excited right now. This is like my language. And I just have to mention that you and John also have larger systems in place so that you guys can take these really nice long vacations in the summer. And that is honestly one of my goals in the next year. So that's kind of what started me like really focusing on what can I get in place so that I can take a month off. That's my goal. Take a month off of work, which is insane for a food blogger because we work so much. But yeah, I mean, you can do it. It is possible. And I'm just grateful that you have engaged this nerdy side of me, Kate. It's so fun to talk about this with somebody who does it as well and who gets it. 
And so before we wrap up, I just want to say that food bloggers, if you have not listened to Kate and John's podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, you have to go listen. It truly changed my business and it changed the way I think about so many things. They interview just the most amazing, inspiring, encouraging people. So if you haven't listened to it, go listen. It is a game changer. You have to do it. (laughs) So Kate, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so grateful for your time and for taking the time to chat with me. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me on and super appreciate your kind words. It's been an honor to uh, spend this time with you and with your listeners. Yes. Before we go, do you have any favorite quotes or words of inspiration quick to share with food bloggers? Yes, absolutely. And this is so in line with what we've been chatting about today. It's a quote from John Maxwell. And he says, the secret of your success lies in your daily routine. Oh, amen. (laughs) That wraps up our chat perfectly, right? So Kate's show notes page can be found at eatblogtalk.com forward slash Kate Erickson. That's spelled with a C-K. Kate, tell my listeners the best place to find you online. Yes, everything that we do is over at eofire.com. Thank you, Kate. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.